Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. On behalf of the pastors, the elders, the leaders of the Bread of Life Fellowship and that of my own family, let me extend to you warm greetings of Christmas. May the true meaning of Christmas take root in our lives and lead us forward from this day onwards. I know we are all sitting in different places, but I think we can take a minute to greet those around us and to pray that the true purpose of the coming of Christ be established in our lives. So I'm going to give you a little less than a minute to just move around in your homes, greet each other. This is a blessed day. This is a time to greet each other. If we were in church, we would be walking around. So let's do it in our homes. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right, according to my watch, that's one minute. So now we can continue. Shall we pray? Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord Father, for this time that you've given us when we can again come into your presence to listen to that which you have to say to us, Lord, this day. Father God, we do not want to remember this day as any other day, Lord Father. Neither do we want to remember this day as a day that the world looks at it. But Father God, this is a very special day because you had a very special reason for coming to this earth, Lord Father. Father God, what you started this day, Lord Father, 2,000 years back, that culminated in the cross 33 years later, Father God, that has brought us life. And Father God, indeed, today we are a privileged people to be able to study from your word, Lord Father, to understand the truth that you have for us, Lord, to know for sure that your presence is there with us, mighty, leading us forward step by step. And Father, we commit this time into your hands, Lord, that as we continue to recollect and remember all the events that took place many, many centuries back, you will continue to minister unto us, Lord, and make it fresh in our memory. We thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last year, we celebrated Christmas in church. And who would have ever thought that this year we would be celebrating Christmas from the confines of our homes? We would have laughed if someone had told us that in 2020, the most important words would be hand sanitizer, masks, social distancing, or even vaccines. These may be important words, but by no means are they the most important words. More important are words such as hope, joy, and peace. And so, before we go any further, let us listen to a Christmas carol called Hope of the Ages. The words will be displayed on your screens and you can join in the singing if you wish. 
Brother Rajesh, over to you. Thank you, Brother Rajesh. Now, 2020 has indeed been a weird year. In none of our lifetimes has there been such a year. Some things this year might have shocked you. Some things might have surprised you. And some things might have even scared us. But let me declare to you one thing. God has not been shocked or surprised or scared by anything that happened in 2020. The fact remains that God is in control. He is in charge. In fact, God has always been in control and in charge. And he will always be in control and in charge. Take that, if there's no other thought that you're taking, take that today. God has always been in control 
and he will always be in control and in charge. With that undeniable fact established, shall we open our Bibles to Luke chapter 2 and we shall read verses 8 to 20. Luke chapter 2 verses 8 to 20 and I shall read it from the New King James Version. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. So that's the passage that we're going to be using this morning as we see what God has to say to us. But before we study these verses any further, to see what lessons we can get this Christmas day, let me give you a brief les lesson in Jewish history. Now here were the shepherds, sometime around 1 to 3 BC, taking care of their flocks and sheep. That's about a little over 2,000 years back. Now, most of these shepherds were Jews who had not heard from God for about 400 years. This is usually referred to in biblical parlance as the 400 years of silence. There was no word from God. The prophets had stopped speaking. And that was it. It was 400 years of silence. They had no prophets or kings of their own. And for the last 400 years, they had been ruled by the Babylonians, the Persian, the Medes, and now by the Romans. So one after the other, they were under captivity, under one earthly ruler or the other. So these shepherds actually saw no future for themselves. 
It looked like God had given up on them. They had no joy or no peace and there was no hope for tomorrow. They were just living day by day. And these were dark and terrible days for the Jews. They were confused, they were lost, and their world had just collapsed. <clears throat> While they were thus minding the flock, going about their mundane tasks, suddenly there appeared unto them an angel. And the shepherds were genuinely afraid. It was only natural they, that they would be fearful at such a sight. What new disaster was falling upon them? Had the Romans thought up some new torture technique? That would probably be the thought which were running through the shepherds' minds at that point. But the first word that the angel spoke is our first lesson of the day. In verse 10, it is written, do not be afraid. In the King James Version, it is written as, fear not. And indeed, fear departed from the minds of the shepherds when they heard this word. They continued to listen to what the, the angels had to say. <clears throat> it was one angel at that point of time. A little later, more angels would come in. And indeed, the shepherds listened attentively because they acted upon it a little later. But the point is, fear had departed from the minds of the shepherds. There was a new anticipation in the darkness of that night when they were surrounded by the light that was being brought by the angels. And so today I ask you this question. Are you afraid? Are you living in fear? Do you look around and wonder if we will ever live freely again? Has the economic turmoil around you turned your world upside down? Are your employers threatening you with pay cuts, with job losses? God's word for us today is this, fear not. That's our first lesson. And that's God's word to us. Fear not. Fear not, for God is in charge. Fear not, for your Father in heaven has his eyes upon you. Fear not, for you are the apple of his eye, and nothing or no one shall harm you. I know you and I have nothing to fear, but there is another lesson that we learn from the action of the shepherds. And this is our second lesson. In verses 15 and 16, we read of what the shepherds did. In verse 15, it says, let us go. That's what the shepherds said, let us go. And in verse 16, it says, for they came with haste. In other words, the shepherds did not sit down and pray for further guidance from God. The shepherds did not stay in their pastures and meditate on the word that the angel brought to them. The word was given. They moved. They acted on that statement that the angel made. In verse 11, we read what the angel said to them. 
For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So the, so the shepherds saw that there was some meaning in what the angel was telling them. And the angel was telling them that in that city of David, a Savior is born. So what did the shepherds do? They didn't sit there and, you know, keep thanking God or praising God or praying to God to say, is this really your word? Is this what you want me to do? Go to the city of David? They moved. They acted on it. The shepherds went to where God wanted them to be. And they did it without wasting any time. And having witnessed what God had wanted them to witness, they did not stand there and keep praising God over and over again. They shared the good news. They recognized that the Savior had come. God might have been quiet for 400 years, but he had now given them the best gift, their Savior. Their days of slavery and bondage was about to end. Now, what about you and me today? Are we still revising the instructions of God? Are we revisiting every direction that God has given us? Are we endlessly mulling over the directives of God? Do we seek confirmation and reconfirmation from every prophet, priest and king? The word of God simply is this, and that's the word of God. The second lesson for us is this, act now, move. The time for sitting down and listening and listening and listening is over, act now. And as we continue looking at this passage, we get our third lesson, and this is in verse 10. This is again the voice of the angel who continues speaking to the shepherds. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. In the NIV and NLT versions, the good tidings is transcribed as good news. And in almost all versions, joy is described as great joy. Can you for a moment think of this proclamation to the shepherds? Here they were, in the darkest hour of the night, receiving this good news of great joy. From what the angel told them, they instantly recognized that their long years of hardship and suffering was coming to an end. Suddenly, there was light at the end of their dark tunnel. And that gave them great joy. The shepherds and all the people in that area had been longing for this release from captivity and bondage. And here it was. They had this good news of great joy, this good tidings of great joy. It was like a burden being lifted from their shoulders. Indeed, it was good news. And indeed, there was great joy. Their long-awaited Savior was coming. What the shepherds had heard preached to them 
from the book of Isaiah and from the other prophets was now coming to pass. They had probably wondered for many, many, many years. When are these prophecies of those great prophets of God going to come? Why has God been silent? But now they had this good news of great joy. Their long awaited savior was coming. Now, what about you and me today? 2020 has indeed been a troublesome, burdensome year that has led to all kinds of changes in our lives. For many people, including some of us, our joy has been robbed and replaced by worry and doubt and frustration. But the time has come for us to now acknowledge that the good news of great joy that Christ's entry makes into our lives has come around. The time has come for us to acknowledge that we don't need to worry about what's been happening over the last 10 months, but to think forward and to say that we have good news of great joy. That's our tomorrow. There's nothing we can do about our yesterday, but today we can decide that we are not going to live in worry or in fear or in doubt or in frustration in the days to come. We have the good news of great joy. And that's what we need to activate in our lives. Now astronomers tell us that various heavenly signs were seen between the year 1 to 6 BC. Some spoke of the alignment of planets, some spoke of the appearance of constellations, and some astronomers spoke of the appearance of a comet. Whatever it was, they called it the Star of Bethlehem. And that, according to many biblical historians, is what guided the wise men who came from the East. And if you go into the story of the wise men, you will recognize that the life, that their life after they met Jesus in that manger was different from the life they had before. Now, I just want you to keep that thought hanging as we think that just four days back, we had another sign in the sky, which according to the newspapers is being referred to as the Christmas star. Now, whether you saw that alignment of Jupiter and Saturn, I don't know. I saw it. But what I know is this, the joy that only Jesus Christ can give is back. I'm not worried about the alignment. I'm not worried about whether Jupiter and Saturn is actually assigned to us or not. But what I know for a fact is this, the joy that only Jesus Christ can give is back. Forget all of this halabula that is happening all around. Just focus on Jesus. 
and you will experience that great joy. The joy that the shepherds experienced over 2000 years back. And so God's word for you and me at this moment is this. Joy is back. That's our third lesson. Joy is back. And this leads us to our fourth lesson, which is in verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Peace on earth and goodwill to men. They go together. The shepherds had every reason to be angry at the Romans or the Medes or the Greeks before them. Their natural tendency would have been an attitude of bitterness and ill will and ill will to their oppressors. But the message of the multitude of the angels was clear. Peace on earth and goodwill to men. And I believe the shepherds understood that clearly. And that is exactly what they did. In verse 20, we read that the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Now, I doubt the shepherds would have glorified and praised God if they still harbored ill will towards the Romans. In a twinkling of an eye, their attitude has changed. The angel said, peace on earth and goodwill to men. And the shepherds caught it. They said, no more ill will, no more bad feelings, no more criticism of our oppressors and rulers. Instead, we will portray goodwill to all men. Doesn't matter who it is. We will practice goodwill. And what's our reward? Peace on earth. And God is glorified. You see, the shepherds were prepared to have an attitude of goodwill in order to receive peace as a reward. And that is God's word for us today. Choose peace. Choose peace. It is not worth giving up the peace that God gives us just to spite our boss or employer or someone in authority. And that's what I want us to think about today. Times are tough. I know there are pay cuts. I know people have lost jobs without rhyme or reason. I know things can be tough at times. I've heard brothers tell me that their bosses are walking away with full purses, but their, pay, their salaries have been cut. The salaries of the employees have been cut while the employers are walking away with all the profits. It does lead to bitterness, doesn't it? But overcome it. Overcome that thought. Because for the peace 
to be there in us, we need to have goodwill. Ill will brings harm only to you. It doesn't bring harm to the next person. I can think all the bad thoughts that I want about my employer, but does my employer even bother about it? Instead, let me think goodwill and therefore my attitude changes. My demeanor changes. And what I will experience is peace. More important than external peace is the internal peace that I would get. And that is what God is giving us. And that's his word for us today. Choose peace. And that brings us to our fifth lesson, which is an inference from the whole nativity passage. Hope. The shepherds were living in a hopeless situation till the angel brought them the word of God. And when they heard the voice of the angel, they heard hope. When they saw that bright light around them, they saw hope. When they saw the baby in the manger, they saw hope. When they told people what they had seen, they proclaimed hope. And this is the same message God is giving us today. We may be living in a dark world, but God gives us hope. We may be living in uncertain times, but God gives us hope. We may be living in a sick world, but God gives us hope. We may have taken a pay cut, but God gives us hope. We may have even lost our jobs, but God gives us hope. And that's God's words to each of us today. Hang on to hope. And that brings me to my sixth and final lesson, which is in verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The shepherds needed someone to save them from the mess they were in. They were given the Savior who had been promised many, many centuries back. 2,000 years back, the shepherds needed Jesus. Today, you and I need Jesus. The question really is, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Your only hope for a better tomorrow and a secure future is when you repent of your sins Accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and receive him into your heart. Now you can do that right now. All you need to say is to say this with a sincere heart. And I'm addressing right now those of you who don't have Jesus in your life. You've heard it many, many times that you need to repent of your sins. You need to accept Jesus Christ into your heart. 
you need to let God take charge and control of your life. Try it out. When we have controlled our lives, we have messed it up. I can tell you that for sure. Every time I've tried to control my life and do things my way, I've messed it up. But the lesson I learned and the lesson that is continuously being impounded into me is this. Leave your control. Let go of your control. Surrender to God. Let God take charge. And believe me, when he takes charge, every mountain will be brought down. Every valley will be raised up. Every crooked path will be made straight. And you will walk comfortably. You will walk in peace. You will walk with hope. You will walk in joy. And today I'm, I'm asking all of you who don't have Jesus in your lives. Or maybe some of you who had Jesus in your life but you have uh, replaced him with somebody else. Something else. Some other idol in your life. I don't know. Now if you are that person, all you need to do is say this with a very sincere heart. I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I repent of every sin that I have committed. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And I wholeheartedly receive him into my life. I desire to be a new person henceforth. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now to those of you who said this. Was it difficult? But if you have meant it, if you have said it with a sincere heart, believe me, Christ can make the difference. Salvation is free. Sin and bondage are costly prices that we have to pay. And that's God's final word for us today. Salvation is free. Receive the Savior. I'm going to be ending shortly. But in summary, what are the six lessons this Christmas day? Number one, fear not. Number two, act now. Number three, joy is back. Number four, choose peace. Number five, hang on to hope. And number six, salvation is free. Receive the Savior. Now, before I call Pastor Francis to wind up this service, I'm going to again ask Brother Rajesh to play once again the Christmas carol, Hope of the Ages. Please follow the words in the PowerPoint and sing along and sing it as you understand that song. Brother Rajesh, back to you. Oh, uh -huh. 
God bless you 